Well, good morning, and uh, I hope you've had a really great start to 2020. Um, who can believe it's the year 2020? I, I, I struggle to understand in my brain that it's 2020. Um, I remember year 2000, Y2K bug. I remember where I was that night as we all waited for the world to end. Not really, but um, actually, I was at Rochelle's place. We were just—we hardly knew each other then, but—and. <laughs> uh, it's 2020, and I hope you've had a great start to the year. I know some of you have had really challenging starts to the year. Others have had really good starts to the year. But um, I just want to say thank you to all those who've uh, stepped up while we've been away on holidays, um, those who've been preaching and doing different things around the church, um, looking after different people. I just want to say thank you to all of you who've, who've stepped in and, and helped us to be able to get away. We had a, a great time away. I think we had a couple of photos. There we are at the beach. And there's Theo enjoying a sleep on the beach. And uh, actually, this next photo, I think, is my favourite photo of all our holidays. <laughs> That's me about to fall asleep on the banana lounge. And my, son, my, my feet may have got sunburnt over the next half an hour um, with a coffee and the slice from the bakery van that drives around the caravan park twice a day. Loaded with hot jam donuts and slices and bread and sausage rolls and all the rest. And I say, God, you are good. You are so, so good. And, uh, yeah, kids riding bikes, love it. I think we'll just leave that picture up there. It just, um, it's really refreshing to me. Um, now we, had a, we had a great time away and I, I got to get out on the bike a little bit and uh, go for a few rides. And I want to read a quote that I... I heard when I was out riding my bike one day, actually I think it was New Year's Day, I got out, got out for a bike ride at 6am New Year's Day, and you're right, no, I didn't see that, stay up to see 12 o'clock, but <laughs> uh, New Year's Day, I was out for a bike ride about 6am in the morning, and I'm half asleep still, but I'm riding along, and just as this line hit me, it was like God said, boom, Andrew, wake up, listen, this is for you, and I want to read it to you this morning. It said, don't let dreams of future blessings blind you to the blessings in our present. I'm like, whoa. I'm half asleep, as I said. It's six, maybe 6.30 in the morning. And I've just heard that line. I thought, whoa, God, I think you're speaking to me. Don't let dreams of future blessings blind you to the blessings in our present. Now, I want to be fully open and honest here that uh, it wasn't one of our church podcasts. It wasn't a church podcast at all. It was actually a cycling podcast. <laughs> and it was Esteban Chavez, a guy on the Aussie team from Colombia, who, who said that. <laughs> and, uh, but just to help you understand why he said that statement, don't let dreams of future blessings blind you to the blessings in our present. This is a guy who, who grew up in Colombia who, as a, a, a kid, uh, I understand he had to have an operation and that operation changed his life. And he's now a, a professional cyclist, and his dream is to win the Tour de France, and he's getting pretty close. But this young guy, as he grew up, had this operation and this amazing blessing that enabled him to, to walk and to, to live life. And he said, you know what, I don't want to be remembered as a, a, a great cyclist even. I don't want to be remembered as a winner of the Tour de France, even though that's my dream is, he says. I want to be remembered as a person who loved people and helped people. And he started this foundation to help others have operations in Colombia 
for kids that wouldn't otherwise have, have these operations to help them to walk and, and to live life and, and just to do life as a normal kid. And, and that's what his, his real passion is, this foundation he runs, although his dream is to become the winner of the Tour de France. And he says, don't let dreams of future blessings blind you to the blessings in our present. And I'll ask you this morning, I wonder what's your future dream? What's your, your dream of future blessings? Maybe it's winning the Tour de France. Maybe it's building your own home. Maybe it's getting that job you've always wanted. What's the future blessings that you've been pursuing or you are looking towards even this year? That even as you pursue that future blessing, maybe, just maybe, it's blinding you a little bit to the blessings that you have today. I think as we start a new year, as we start 2020, let's be so aware of the blessings that we have today. We have clothes to wear, we have a, a, a building to meet in as a church, we have air conditioning on a hot day, even when it's really not even that hot. We have food to eat, I pray, and if you don't, there's a food pantry there, feel free to gather it all and take it home. We have so, 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 so much. And that, that, that sentence that I listened to on that podcast has kind of inspired my message today, and I want to speak this morning about gratitude. And kids, you're taking notes up the top there in that box, the box up the top, I want you to word the right, write the word gratitude, because that's all about what we're speaking about today. And I looked up the definition of gratitude, it said, the quality of being thankful, readiness to show appreciation for and to return kindness. You know, we were sitting around the dinner table last night and um, we we're having some beautiful pizza and Rochelle had made and, and we, we were eating this pizza and um, there, there was a moment that inspired me to ask the kids, uh, which one do you think feels nicer? I want another bit of pizza! Or, can I please have another bit of yummy, yummy pizza? Do you get the difference? It's like, I want another bit of pizza! Or... Please, could I have another piece of that yummy, yummy, awesome pizza? And you notice the difference in my face too? It's like, oh, I want another bit of pizza. Not that anyone would have said that, did they, guys? No, no, no. We didn't talk like that. Gratitude changes the atmosphere of a room. If you, uh, if you, if you are thankful, if you are grateful, if you approach life with an attitude of gratitude, it will change the world around you. I said to the kids, I, I want to let you in on a secret. If you will say please, and if you will say thank you, and if you will smile as you ask, the world will transform around you, and you will be given things you never thought you would be given. And adults, I want to tell you the same. <laughs> if we will simply smile, if we will simply say please and thank you, it's amazing the doors that will open, that without those things, they will not open. Gratitude. I believe God is calling us to be a people of gratitude. There's three points I want to make about gratitude this morning. And number one is this. Oops, sorry, now I turned it off. That's just silly. Life comes from God. For that very reason, we should stop and we should praise Him. We should thank Him. We should glorify Him. We should live for Him. Life comes from God. Life is a gift from Him. I want to read Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. You know what? 
I'm really glad God didn't make people at that point. Can you imagine being in a, in a, on an earth that was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters? It's like that's like being right out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean with no light and no land to swim to. God did things in a good order. Anyway. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. And evening passed and morning came, marking the first day. God created the world. God made you and he gave us life. That breath that you just took, God gave you that breath. God's Word tells us Jesus is the sustainer of all things. He holds all creation together. That heartbeat, that next breath, that heartbeat, that next breath, everything we have is a gift from Him. And He is worthy of our praise. I've been reading through a, a devotion on, on what it means to truly be worshippers. And as I've been reading through this devotion, it uh, came to Psalm, 100 and, Psalm 100. And I thought I'd read it to you this morning. It says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. What an amazing God we have. What a faithful God we have. It tells us to enter His gates with thanksgiving. And to be honest, I don't think we can come before God. We cannot come into God's presence. We cannot enter into eternal life without gratefulness to Him. We cannot come to God without acknowledging our sin and saying, thank you, Jesus, that you took my sin on the cross so that I could be set free. We cannot come before God without gratitude, without thankfulness for what He has done for us. Forgiveness comes from Him. Every blessing comes from Him. Eternal life comes from Him. Life comes from God and He deserves our praise. If you can grasp that one thing this year, it will transform your life this year. He deserves our praise. Point number two this morning, FOMO clouds judgment. Some of you are saying, what's FOMO? Fear of missing out clouds our judgment. When we are feeling afraid, when we're worried about missing out on things, we begin to do things that we would never otherwise do. You see the most kind, compassionate kid when there's a, a, a plate of, of lollies put out and they think they're going to miss out. Even some adults will do incredible things to try and get that last lolly on the table because they think they're going to miss out. Fear of missing out clouds our judgment. When we are insecure about our relationship with God, when we are afraid, when we're worried about life, it distracts us from obedience. It distracts us from gratefulness. It distracts us from the joy and the peace and the, and the, the gratitude that comes from knowing our God in heaven. FOMO clouds our judgment. 
I believe, I haven't actually listened to it yet, but, uh, yet, but I believe Mike shared a little bit about uh, Saul last week, and I want to read it again. I'm not sure if he did read it or not, but uh, 1 Samuel, verse, chapter 13, verse 6. Uh, sorry, did I say Samuel? Saul. I mean, about Saul in Samuel. I'm just coming out of holidays. Just give me a little bit of grace. There we are. So, verse 6, it says, The men of Israel saw what a tight spot they were in, and because they were hard-pressed by the enemy, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. Some of them crossed the Jordan River and escaped into the land of Gad and Gilead. Meanwhile, Saul stayed at Gilgal, and his men were trembling with fear. Saul waited there seven days for Samuel, as Samuel had instructed him earlier, but Samuel still didn't come. Saul realized that his troops were rapidly slipping away, so he demanded, bring me the burnt offering and the peace offerings, and Saul sacrificed the burnt offerings himself. Just as Saul was finishing them with the burnt offering, in other words, he didn't have to wait much longer and it would have been okay, Samuel arrived. Saul went out to meet him and welcome him. But Samuel said, What is this you have done? Saul replied, I saw my men scattering from me, and you didn't arrive And you, when you said you would, and the Philistines are at Michmash, ready for battle. I love that name, Michmash. I reckon if I was going to build a city, Michmash. I don't know how it sounds cool. Maybe it's just because we saw the Michmash on holidays anyway. So verse 12. So I said, The Philistines are ready to march against us at Gilgal, and I haven't asked for the Lord's help. So I felt compelled to offer the burnt offerings myself before you came. How foolish, Samuel exclaimed. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Can you imagine Saul's heart at that point just sinking? But now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people because you have not kept the Lord's command. Saul decided to take it in his own, on his own feeling of, 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 we've got to do this now. He decided to just do it on his own bat and go, I'm just going to make this sacrifice so that we can seek God's help and then we're going to go out and win the battle. But that wasn't what God had told him to do. And sometimes we have a fear of missing out. We think, oh, the troops are slipping away. The moment's passing. God, you haven't done anything, so I better do something. And if you read through the Bible, that never turns out well. I wonder, what's the thing in your life over the last 12 months, or maybe even at the moment, that you sort of feel like, God, we've got to do something now. But maybe God's saying, no, just wait. Because my time is perfect. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me, Andrew. I think it's really interesting if you read on in, in 1 Samuel chapter 15, it says that the, the people go into battle and they, they defeat this other place and, and then Samuel comes and he meets with Saul and he says, what's all this bleeding of sheep and, and goats and what's all this cattle? God told you to, to wipe out the place and, and not to take any plunder. Why is there all these sheep everywhere? And Saul's kind of like, oh, we, we're going to sacrifice them for God. Yeah, yeah, we're going we're gonna to bring them all as a sacrifice for God. And Samuel says, that's not what he told you to do. He told you not to, to, to keep any of it. And Saul makes these excuses and, and Samuel says, it's, this is not what God required. He just wanted you to obey his instruction. And in 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 17, I, I saw this verse that I'd never noticed before the other day. 
As Samuel says to Saul, he says, You may think little of yourself, but God has appointed you as leader of his people. I thought, wow. There's, there's a truth I had never thought about Saul before. You may think little about yourself, Saul, but you've been appointed as a leader of God's people. You know, I always thought of Saul as kind of this arrogant, boastful guy that, that thought a lot of himself, to be honest. But Samuel addresses him and says, you may think little of yourself, but you've been appointed as leader of God's people. And I want to encourage you that sometimes our insecurities come out of that feeling of that we are something small, we are insignificant, we are feeling small. But God has chosen you. He has bought you with a price that Jesus gave His life for you on the cross so that you could be set free. You are not something small. You're made in the image of God. You are loved by God. Jesus gave His life for you and you don't have to have any sense of feeling insecure. God loves you. Jesus gave His life for you and you don't have to have any FOMO. You can trust Him always. FOMO clouds our judgment, but let's not let insecurity or fear steal our gratitude. If we have gratitude, if we trust Him, we will not be afraid. If we're secure in Him, we will not be insecure in the challenges that we face. Point number three this morning about gratitude. Faith and gratefulness go together. If we have faith, we will be grateful for all that God has given us. Maybe it's a bit of a, a check for us. If our gratefulness is, is dropped away, maybe our faith is struggling right now. Faith and gratefulness go together. In Exodus chapter 16, I think, the, oh, there it is. Exodus chapter 16, we've been looking through Exodus last year and uh, looking at the whole story of the people of Israel coming out of Egypt. But in chapter 16, verse 17, it's where God has sent manna to feed the people. And we read in verse 16, uh, so, verse 17, So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot of the manna, and some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Then Moses told them, Do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. And Moses was very angry with them. He probably hated the smell too. <laughs> but I think he hated their disobedience even more. Faith and gratefulness go together. You know, God provided this amazing what-is-it food from heaven. And the people had no idea what it was, but he said, gather up two things full each. And uh, he said, just gather what you need for the today. Don't get any more. Just get what you need for today and you'll have enough. And they did. But some people, even in God's blessing, said, I thought to themselves, we've been told to collect this much, but I'm going to kind of put a little bit in my pocket for tomorrow. I'm going to kind of stash a little bit in my lunchbox it's for when I get hungry tomorrow morning before brekkie. It's like, maybe the manna won't come tomorrow. Maybe it's going to be a bit late to rain with the manna tomorrow. So I'm just going to keep a little bit aside. It wasn't out of faith. It was out of insecurity. It was out of fear. And it turned to maggots and stink in their lives. 
I wonder what are the things in our life where God is sending manna from heaven, He's sustaining us, He's providing for us, and we're thinking, but I don't quite have enough, I need to just cut these corners, I need to just do these things to get a little bit more for me, and it turns to a stink in God's sight. Sometimes life is hard, sometimes things are challenging, but God doesn't call us to do more than He's asked. He simply wants us to obey we need to know what God is saying. We need to listen to God's voice and, and, and not harden our heart, but simply obey. You know, I find that so liberating because, I mean, as a, as a pastor, as a, as a school chaplain, as a, as a dad, when is enough ever enough? Honestly, as you care for your friends, the people around you, when is enough ever enough? And my answer to that would be when God says it's enough. When God says take a break, have a day off, rest, because I give rest to those I love. We're not called to do any more than God asks of us. We're not called to go beyond what He's calling us to. But let's be not running behind and not running ahead. Let's just simply be faithful with what God calls us to. Faith and gratefulness go together. I just want to read a, a couple of scriptures. Hebrews chapter 12. Oh, sorry. Resting in God's goodness with gratitude takes faith. You know, we, we, we want to go after those goals. We talk about not being blinded by the, the goals we have in the, the year ahead, not letting those things blind us to the current blessings. And it takes faith to rest in what we have and what we've been called to do and, and just to enjoy this day with God, even as we look forward to that thing in the future that He's even maybe told us He's going to do. It takes faith to rest in that and just to enjoy that blessing, that journey with God. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25. Be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who is speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will certainly not escape if we reject the one who who speaks to us from heaven. That's a big statement. Verse 26, When God spoke from Mount Sinai, His voice shook the earth. But now He makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed, so that only unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshipping Him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a devouring fire. Now, even as I say those words, I, my mind thinks not just a, a spiritual fire, but a natural fire. And those that have faced fire this, this last few weeks have had a horrendous time. People have lost everything. People's family members that have been lost. It, it's a heartbreaking thing for those people, those families, those communities. And just in the last few weeks, I know I've spoken with some families of, of people who don't have a faith in Jesus Christ. And they've been talking about what they believe about global warming and their kids have been talking about this global warming and then they tell their brother or their sister. And some of those kids are having nightmares about this stuff. And I think that is not how it should be. You know, there is so much heartache in this life. But you know, even when this world passes away, 
I know I have a hope in Jesus Christ. And no matter what happens in this life, we do not have to be afraid. We want to pray for those around us. We want to help those who, who have, have challenges and, and, and heartache. We want to do what we can to help them. But we can also tell them that God is our refuge and our strength. And if our hope is in Him, then our eternal soul is safe from any challenge, any decay, any destruction. And our hope is in Jesus Christ. Is your hope in Him today? If your hope is in Him, you have a kingdom that will never pass away that you are going to inherit. You're going to enter into eternal life with Him forever. Where there is no more sorrow or crying or pain. Let's please God by worshipping Him with holy fear and awe. One more verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. It says, Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do you belong to Christ Jesus? Is Jesus your Lord and your Saviour? Have you acknowledged that what He did on the cross was for your sin and for my sin? Is Jesus your Lord? Is He your Saviour? If He is, let's be people of gratitude that give thanks in all things. Imagine if we woke up every day this year and we just said, God, thank you for the bed that I've just slept in. Thank you for the alarm that just woke me up to go to that job that I'm blessed to have. Thank you, God, for my family, even in those moments when we irritate each other, that you're sharpening me and, and making me more and more into the image of Christ through the challenges that I face. This is how we pray, isn't it? Every day as we wake up. Imagine how the world would change if every person woke up with that kind of gratitude to God. I just want to pray as we come to a close. I ask the band to come. Let's be people of gratitude in 2020. Does anyone remember the first message I preached last year? Yes, I knew. <laughs> I, I know one girl who has the pray first thing stuck above her bed saying, pray first. And I, I just got so encouraged when I heard late last year that was still stuck above their bed. I thought, wow. I wonder if this year we can remember the whole way through the year that God has called us to be people of gratitude to not let dreams of future blessings blind us to the blessings that we have in our present. Can we stand as I just pray now? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. God, we do pray for those who are facing heartache and pain, worry, concern. Lord, real challenges that people are facing right now. We, we stand with those people, God. We, we pray for them. God, we just pray that they would find hope in you. God, when it feels like everything has been stripped away, God, we just pray that even through that, you would help them know that the God in heaven who made them loves them and that they would find something that they never knew that they could have. God, we just pray that you would give, give uh, refreshing, that you would bring answers to people's troubles and pains. We pray for healing for people's bodies that are sick even this morning. But God, more than anything, we just want to say thank you. Thank you for the life that you have given us. Thank you, God, for every blessing you have poured out upon us. God, we thank you that everything we have is a gift from you. 
God, we thank you for this year ahead. And God, we just surrender it to you, Lord, and say, have your way in us. Have your way in us as your people. Have your way in us as a church, God. We just want to say thank you. Help us, Lord, to be people of gratitude. To be people who, who show gratefulness, who show kindness, because you have been so, so kind and good to us, Lord. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that they've never understood what you did upon the cross, that it was for them. If that's you this morning, if you've never Acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross for your sins so that you could be forgiven. Right now, I just want to encourage you to say, God, I'm sorry for my sin. Please forgive me. Thank you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for me. And the Bible says that anyone who comes to Him, anyone who comes to Him with a humble heart, with gratefulness, He will not turn them away. And if you surrender your life to Him, if you say, God, have your way in me. It says you become His child. You become a new creation. That the old sinful life is gone. He doesn't see every single sin you've done in your life. He washes it away so that you can be forgiven and have eternal life with Him. Right in that moment when you put your faith in Him. What a beautiful Savior we have. God, we so thank You for all You've done. And Lord God, we just surrender ourselves to you right now and say, have your way in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to close.